thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. You're listening to The Healthy Shift Worker with your host, Audra Starkey. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Shift Worker Podcast. My name is Audra Starkey and I'm here to help you to manage some of the toughest challenges we face whilst working 24-7. In today's podcast, I have someone who is all too familiar with working shift work and that's Cara Hendridge who has spent over 30 years working as a nurse at Sandringham Hospital in Melbourne here in Australia. After reaching this epic 30-year milestone, Cara has decided to launch into a field of genetic testing and is now utilising her nursing skills as a smart DNA practitioner, which I'm really keen to hear all about. So to tell us more about nursing and smart DNA genetic testing, I'd like to give a warm, healthy shift worker welcome to Cara. Hello. Hey, Olga. <laughs> hello, hello. Welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm feel very lucky that you've asked to interview me and I love the work that you do helping out other shift workers because I can so relate to everything that you share and whether it's in your other podcasts or on your Facebook page and your blog, it's just amazing the work that you're doing and I'm very grateful on behalf of all shift workers. So I think it's great. <laughs> well, <laughs> thank you for that. You know, you've done it for 30 years. So I I'm, I'm think um, some of our listeners would uh, love to kind of hear, um, you know, your take on things as well. So, yeah, no, the feelings sound very mutual. But I guess to um, to kickstart the the call, uh, Cara, I'd love to, um, I guess, for you to share with your listeners about your nursing story and, and what exactly made you decide to become a nurse? Was it something that you always wanted to do? Um, certainly when I was a teenager, it was definitely what um, I wanted to do. But interestingly enough, um, you know, I had some pressure to do medicine, but that just didn't interest me at all. I think it was the more nurturing side of me that came out that said, no, I definitely wanted to do nursing. Um, but actually, even back then, as much as I wanted to do it, I always knew it wasn't wouldn't be what I would be doing my whole career, but I really didn't know what that would be to finish off my working life. And But I didn't sort of worry about it. it, was sort of thinking, well, it'll come up over my, you know, years as you do when you're a teenager, that whatever will happen will come up. And then I just sort of found about, you know, 25 years ago, I'm thinking, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not enjoying so much my work anymore. It's um, And it's not so much I love the people I work with and the work that I do. It's more what's coming up the way the health system's heading and and how my views on being health and well has changed and just in, in my exploration for my own health I finally came across some areas that I really loved to study and I thought this is what I want to do myself to help other people become more well so they actually don't become ill in the first place and I did a lot of work during my training I was university trained and I went back and did other courses later um, I did a lot of work in various hospitals all around Melbourne and um you know, love my work where I am now where I'm at a smaller hospital that's more community-based, but we're also part of a bigger network attached to the Alfred, so very much was a part of Monash down here for a while and then we became attached to the Alfred. So I just feel that people, you know, with trying to um, utilise what health services we have, that people are becoming a number more and more and, you um, 
And it's, you know, I can understand they're trying to make the most of resources that we have because we don't have an infinite number of resources in healthcare. And I, I just feel that the very personal side of looking after people is being very much pushed aside for just the conveyor belt convey about type medicine where you're just churning everyone through and that just doesn't sit well with me and a lot of that philosophy and, and how things are going just doesn't work for me I'm about you know being very much in touch with the people I care for and I just feel that that's being lost a bit now and it, it's not where I want to be but then I, as I said you know nearly over 30 years ago I knew I wasn't going to finish my career in in mainstream nursing. I work with amazing people and that's probably kept me in my current role for longer than I perhaps should have. But um, I feel very fortunate that I do work in with some great people and I don't hate my job but I don't love it as much as I used to and I have been looking for something different and something more and then as part of my own health journey I came across um, various different things that I tried out to help me and this the DNA testing was something that I came across which I just loved because I'd only ever associated DNA testing DNA sorry with um illness and what are your chances of getting this cancer or this disease and coming across it where it's about wellness where you can then come up with a plan to be, be more well and live a you know healthier life I just blew me away and I thought yes this is definitely what I want to do so yeah, it's, I'm still in that shift moving out of mainstream nursing into full-time work with the DNA, but that's my ultimate aim. Um, and, yes, I've done, gone back and done more study to become a practitioner and I love it. And I think the longer I am, have been doing it, the more I think, oh, I wish everyone that I look after at work, I hear them talk about certain problems and issues they have and I think, oh, I so think I can predict some of the DNA you might have. Mm. <laughs> Yeah. So, yeah. But I've been, you know, I've been nursing for, um, I think it must be 30 years this year. No, last year maybe. Um, and working, yeah, in various different, various different areas. And it's time for me to, to make that shift. And a part of it too is that I'm wanting to move out of shift work. Um, particularly, um, you know, I work late nights sometimes. We, you know, our shift finishes at sort of 10.30 at night. Often we can finish quite later than that. And then when you're back at 7 o'clock in the morning, you work those very close shifts together with very little quality sleep in between. And I've been doing that for a long time. And I do that, you know, every week at least once or twice. And then night duty is a killer for me. Um, I used to be able to do it well. I used to be able to sleep well many years ago. But um, I don't know, as I've changed and grown older I certainly barely sleep at all now and it just wrecks me it takes me week, you know weeks to recover afterwards and I just can't feel like I can sustain that for any length of time and I suppose like yourself you get hear more and more information about how shift work is not good for you and so I'm wanting to step away from that because I know I lose a lot of sleep when I'm with just my normal shift work, let alone when I throw night duty into it all. So I'm really wanting to, you know, as part of my own self-care and my own health to move away from that and perhaps have a bit more control um, around my working hours as much as I can, whereas now it's very out of control, so to speak. Mm. So, what, so what you were saying before uh, 
Tara, because I was, I was actually intrigued as to how you cope with working the night shifts. But what you were saying before about finishing at 10.30 and then you're back at, say, mm. 7 o'clock. Seven. So yeah. do, you have, like, do you have minimum 10-hour turnarounds and that's now being encroached to eight-hour turnarounds because you're getting stuck at work? Like what's sort of happening there? Um, with our, We have a eight-hour um, turnaround. Some areas of nursing have a 10-hour turnaround. For instance, our theatre theater nurses have to have a 10-hour break and um, they work around that by having on-call people um, that would come in to take over if they have to stay late. But, um, but we have a 10, uh, sorry, a 8-hour and technically speaking we have 8.5 hours because we finish at 10.30 and start at 7. A lot of places... Um, start an hour earlier than we do and they finish at 9.30, so they have a nine-and-a-half-hour break. So it is a bit different. Um, The most of the time it affects is with that short changeover, yeah. So, you know, because, of course, as every shift worker would know, when you come home from work, it's not like you can't just jump straight back, straight into bed. Um, You know, you need to come, you know, for everyone I know sort of needs to come home and, you sort of wind down a bit and um, whether that's, you know, for me that's, um, you know, unpacking the, the containers I've taken to work for my meal, maybe getting ready breakfast or um, lunch ready for the next day, having a shower, getting clothes ready, et cetera, et cetera, just to sort of wind down and settle. Um, so even though I might have eight hours off, by the time I've travelled to and from work, you know, it's that getting up in the morning as well. You may only get five hours and I always find even if my night, evening shift's not been that busy, I'm still thinking I dream about work and if it's been really busy, which it can be, all you're doing is I think planning my day in my dreams, <laughs> thinking how much I know it's going to be, you know, it's going to be busy, and um, and so this quality of sleep is not good between on that short changeover, which you know, I suppose you can have six hours of terrible sleep, and you're probably on the same same page. So mm. I feel like you know, at least once a week, if more often, I'm losing a night's of quality sleep. Yeah. So that's, you know, sort of every week and day out. And then when you throw in night duty, when I barely sleep three hours, um, it just no, if no sleep, then, um, you know, it's another 10 hours until I go to work after that and I just can't function. So I don't feel it's safe and I don't feel it's anywhere near good for me. And, um, yeah, like yourself, you often are publishing beautiful, um, you know, fantastic articles about how, you know, the shift working is not good with you with your, you know, one recently I know you did was around eating on night shift and things like that. You know, I certainly work with some people who don't eat a thing or they might eat one piece of fruit on the whole night shift. And I think I can't get through 10 hours of running around like a lunatic without having to eat. But then I'm wary of eating a big, something big too, because it, it feels wrong. It feels awful to be eating something big in the middle of the night so then it's around okay well I need something that's sort of in between I need something to keep going but I also don't want to have a a big meal either and and to be fair you don't always get a break either so you might be having to eat on the run as you go which is so not good for you either yeah that's like just a whole other can of worms as well isn't it Uh, you know having the shortened breaks and insufficient mm -hmm. sleep and 
uh, yeah, I mean, my sister is a nurse, so she spent probably almost as close to um, 30 years uh, being a nurse, not quite as long. And uh, I remember when she was in Perth, they had an eight-hour turnaround, but over here in Queensland, I believe, uh, well, where she's working anyway, is they have a 10. But knowing what I'm knowing now, like the more I'm learning about sleep and, you know, that there are five 90-minute sleep cycles, which equates to 450 minutes, which equates to seven and a half hours of sleep, that's really what we should be getting. But if you're only having that eight-hour turnaround to begin with, then you are. You're going to be behind the eight ball. As you just said, you've got a process when you get home of sort of winding down. It's not as easy as having a shower and going straight to bed and switching off and like a light like switch and yeah. going into that deep sleep. So, fast, yeah, fascinating. And I could, yeah, I've talked to you a lot about this um uh, but we've only got kind of a 30-minute podcast, so I might actually get on to the, the, the next um, question. So um, I'd like to hear about your new role as a, a smart DNA practitioner. Uh, would you mind sharing with us a little bit about what's involved with that, Cara? Um, so I came across it through um, a friend of mine who I knew through another another um, avenue. Her name's Sue Barron, and I'd known her through another through craft work actually from about 10 years ago and then we'd lost touch and then I came across her again um about three years ago now when I went to a talk about you know health and wellness and came across this smart DNA testing and it just blew me away because it's all about doing a, a panel of your genes around not illness as such but around health and wellness um, so I'd only known DNA testing around, you know, whether you've got the BRCA gene for breast cancer, your chances of getting Alzheimer's and you know, things like that. And so it sort of, for me, had a bit of an, uh, I suppose, a negative, more negative connotation, whereas this one was very much about it's positive because it's something that, because, you know, your genes are there, you're born with them, and this is about how your body interacts um, with food. So it's nutrigenomics and looking at your epigenetics, so how your genes interact with food and nutrition. And so the and then it comes, you know, it shows you what your particular genes are. Dr. Margie Smith's been very careful, you know, she's been very precise and very researched into the, the genes that she's looked into that are important for these areas. And then you have a report about what your genes are for various areas and then the action plans that you can take to either upregulate the genes that um, the better genes or how to downregulate or compensate for genes that are perhaps are not so good for your health. So I find it's it's very much around being um, personalized. It's it's not about, you know, one size fits everyone. It's around, you know, this is a particular profile, these are the the things that would benefit you to get the best outcome from your genetic from your genetics and it's not it's not everything it's just one tool in working towards a better health and um and I just think it's it blew me away I think it's amazing and I couldn't wait to get mine done and I saved up for it and then I was so excited when I actually had it <laughs> and I loved I got you know it's a hundred page report and we sit down with people and go through it with them and it takes a couple of hours because just helping them to in, interpret it and, and adding information that we've had from our experience and so you get a lot of information so I encourage people to write uh, to print it off so they can write all over it which is certainly what I did and then you can go back to it when you see re now people um, 
when you see research, do further reading or further investigating and, and over time you can add information to it and, and you need to go back to it because it does give you lots and lots of information. So it's around, you know, some of the foods and how your body interacts with food. So it gives you plans around, you know, um, how best to to make that all work so it may mean that there'll be some foods you might need to eat more often some um some sorts of exercise that you might need to do plans around you know there's information around addiction um and some personality traits and whether you've got a sweet tooth or whether you're prone to snacking or or whether you have that ability to feel full so you know for some people they they can overeat um and it gives you plans around that and i think some of it too is just bringing it into your conscious awareness because some you know you hear people going through the test oh I was always, I've always been like that you know I'm always someone who for instance feeling full I've never felt full and then I feel over full but so it's almost like some part of you has known this but it brings you into your awareness so that you can then act on that so if you're aware that's something that happens you tend to overeat because you don't actually have the gene that makes you feel full then you can focus on making sure that you work on your portion size and that you just eat that and that you put food aside or away when you finish that because you're going to be prone to eating on it eating it you know some people say I can't eat stop eating until it's finished until everything on the table is finished or everything on the plate so it's just bringing to your awareness so that you can then Focus on that as opposed to just say, oh, look, I just ever, always eat everything that's on the table. Whereas now, it's, okay, I'm setting aside this amount of food because this is the right amount for me. I'm going to eat that and then the whole table has to be cleared and put away so I don't eat any more. So, you know, it's everything from that to whether you, you know, metabolize vitamin D well. So if something, if that's not something you do, then you might need to focus on your vitamin D, whether it's intake through food, whether it may be some supplementation, where it's, you know, making sure you get some good quality sunshine, a few different things like that. So I just think the information it gives you is amazing because it's for you. So my profile would be different to your profile, Audra. So there'd be some things that we might be similar in and there'd be some things we might be complete opposites in. Um, and I think that's a very powerful tool for greater health and wellness no matter who you are. Or what you do in life um, and I think when we're trying to improve our health as shift workers because you know we're behind the eight ball in for non-shift workers because of the type of work that we do and the, the toll that takes on our body I think it's a very powerful tool for people to then use to in, make the most of you know make the most of their diet dietary and lifestyle choices to really improve your health and try and compensate for some of those side effects of working shift work be it sleep deprivation etc so yeah I, I find it fascinating and I love it and it's very much ignited my excitement in um in health and wellness and and helping people and so now I've taken it to that different level of becoming a practitioner and and sharing the the joy and the information because it's something valuable for everyone and i want you know i'm still working through my own health issues but i've certainly got this great tool that that helps me and i want to share it with everyone i'd love everyone to to do it <laughs> it just yeah it it sounds phenomenal and i must admit i'm a bit excited because um you and i are going to go through my report in the next coming weeks or so so i'm really yeah really looking forward to that but as you said i think uh, you know for ship workers this could be 
you know, particularly beneficial. I mean, it benefits everyone, but as you said, because we're kind of, you know, we are behind the eight ball, we're having this extra knowledge and, you know, it, it is our genes, it kind of is what it is, but there are ways that, you know, we can, you know, turn them off but, um, as opposed to triggering them by at least having this information. Um, and I've had a look of one report and, as you said, I remember thinking, whoa, it's pages and pages and pages long. It's, it's quite involved. But the, the beauty of what you do is that you actually spend uh, quite a long time sitting down or via Skype um, going through the report to help explain um, what's actually involved. Um, it, yeah, it, it, it sounds fascinating, um, you know, definitely. There's so... Could you explain um, to our listeners, um, because a big part of that is, um, you know, you're looking for SNPs, aren't you, um, or polymorphisms. Could you explain, to, you know, to our listeners what they are? So we've got um, pretty much if you think of a sentence made up of different words, that your genes are made up of your, oh, now I'm going to throw, throw me out here, they're combinations of four letters. So there's C, G, T, and I always forget the fourth one. A? I can't think of the top of my head. It must be A. Yeah. So it's a combination of those letters are on your genes that, that makes you who you are. And a lot of those genes are common to all of us. And then there are some that are different combinations of those are very unique to make us unique. So it's a combination of those letters. So if you think of a sentence that suddenly one of those letters is gone from that sentence and all the other letters move up next to each other, that sentence doesn't make the same or doesn't have the same meaning or it might not make sense anymore. So it's looking at the combination of these um, four letters in your genes to see what what that how that makes your body work for certain functions, whether, like I said, vitamin D or, um, you know, how your body metabolises vitamin D, for instance, be one of them. And so depending on your combination of those letters as to how well you do or don't metabolise vitamin D. So some people might metabolise it really well, other people sort of not too bad because they might have um, one of each letter. Um, and some people might be, well, I am very bad at metabolizing vitamin D. I also, there's another one there for your receptor for vitamin D as to whether you can actually receive vitamin D from either inside your body or from the sun. So I'm, I'm poor in that as well. So I'm actually bad at receiving vitamin D and then I'm bad at, um, processing vitamin D. So I've sort of got two things going against me there. So for me, that's something that I need to really concentrate on my vitamin D, whether it's in some of the foods I take, the supplements I have, making sure I get some some good quality sunshine. Whereas some people have got both of those work really well. You know, whether it's their receptors work well, they metabolize it really well. So for them, it's not such a um, priority for them. They might have another area they need to work on. So it's about how these letters express themselves in your genes, in what combination. And, yes, as I said, if you've got one that's missing or incorrectly, you think of a sentence that you change one of the letters, it doesn't work as well anymore. So it's sort of around how we can compensate to make that make sense to your body so that you can um, – get the best get the best I suppose because if something's not working well you want to um, work on how you can make that work better so if you want that gene to express and to produce to metabolize vitamin D well you want to know how to support that but if you um, 
if you don't, your body doesn't have a problem with that, well, then it, that's some, not something you might need to focus on as much. So, yeah, your genes tell your body what to do and, you know, everything from our looks to how we do them, you know, thousands of metabolic processes that happen in our cells every moment. I mean, the body is pretty amazing. Um, and I posted only last night on my um, Facebook page format your DNA a, a very just a 15 minute TED talk which was very interesting in the the gentleman who was talking actually has a visual of all the genes in our body and you know how many they, I think it was 128 massive books of these you know letters combination of letters which are all the expressions of everything that goes on in our body and it was quite a visual to look at how much information is in every little cell of our body it's quite quite an interesting visual and yet there's only half of one of those books is what makes us all different from each other the rest of it is all exactly the same in every one of us Mm. so that was an interesting visual I like a good visual but (laughs) yeah TED talks are great too yeah there's a lot of um a lot of information tied up in these tiny tiny um little um strands of DNA that are in all our cells and yeah I'm I've my hat's off to the people who have studied this and worked out how it all works because it's a body of work and and you know it's now being used as you know there's people all around the world studying like Dr Margie Smith who put together the smart DNA test about how we can use this for very personalized medicine and very personalized health and wellness as opposed to you know, just everyone doing the same thing because, <clears throat> as we know, that just doesn't work because we all are different. So um, finding, you know, over time this will evolve and, you know, more and more, you know, you, people may hear about it because um, I have certainly did before since I've become involved. I see more people, um, you know, whether it's on Facebook and even sometimes in more mainstream media, you see information about it and I can see it. The interest is there and, you know, it comes up in more conferences. You see talks about it. When you see rundowns of conferences, you see more talks about people looking at your genes and how it interacts. So it's certainly becoming a big area of um, medicine, mainstream medicine as well as health and wellness. So it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves over the next sort of 20 years um, and this is a great place to start because it's something that, you know, you can do. You don't have to, you know, rely on anyone else as such. You can choose, okay, I want to go and find out more about myself and how my body works so I can get this test done and, and take a bit more control of my own health. Because sometimes mainstream medicine doesn't have all the answers. In fact, often it doesn't. Mm, right. <laughs> Yeah, look, uh, yeah, definitely agree with you there. Um, but, yeah, that's what I also love about it as well, uh, Cara, is that it is it's all about prevention uh, instead mm. of having that reactive kind of care that, you know, as you, you know, the conventional medicine kind of approach does. Uh, let's yeah. talk about prevention. So you know, my philosophy <laughs> is always trying to keep people out of hospitals, to be quite honest. Uh, um, definitely. When I, when yeah, I think yeah, yeah, I think I don't. Yeah, I want to live a you know a well life and and you know be more well. So I don't want to be in hospital. I mm. want to be 
you know, home living a, a good good life. So, yes, working on that. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Well, just quickly, um, I know that Smart DNA offer two types of tests. Now, there's the genomic wellness test, which think, which is what you were talking about before, and there's also mm. a Smart Gut Microbiome test as well, isn't there? That's correct because, um, you know, te- in genetic terms, we're actually there's more DNA in our in our gut for the that the bugs that live there than there is actually our DNA in our whole body because so the the gut plays a massive part in our health and wellness. It's a huge part of our immune system. It's you know can have massive impact on your mental health as well. With you know particularly like what comes to mind is around um, depression um, and having a good gut health is very very important part of being health and well being healthy and well so dna smart dna do offer a microbiome test as well so that's where as opposed to the dna test which is a saliva test um this is where you send in a sample of your poo just a little one and <laughs> they look <laughs> thanks for clarifying that last bit <laughs> Just but I have to tell you being a nurse that doesn't phase me at all there's a lot worse things than saliva and poo in your life <laughs> trust me um some people there might be a bit concerned about that but <laughs> no, easy easy little sample and it looks at the um bugs that are growing in your gut lining and then um I don't consult with this but there are there is um uh, someone that we do refer to that then reports on that about how best to work on your diet to rebalance the um, the uh, flora in your gut. That uh, and it's, it's that's another fascinating area because certainly there are, are some you know some conditions that tend to have a particular gut flora. If you've had antibiotics, that wipes out your gut flora for quite some time, um, and you know. Some people can take years to get over having had antibiotics if they really struggle to get their butt, their, their butt, their gut. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about poo there. The- <laughs> <laughs> and um, so this, but this, your gut flora does change. So, you know, you can have a plan to improve your gut flora and, and you can choose to retest down the track a few months down the track to see how you're going with that or you might find just in your own self you can tell that things are working a lot better and how you feel and and how you're functioning so yes that's the two different testing that they do so yeah the saliva genomic test and then the the poo microbiome test so yeah yeah. excellent excellent well i'll make sure that um we're going to give uh, our listeners um access to all that sort of information but look this has been really fascinating cara and it, you know it, it certainly sounds like an exciting um field of wellness um but i'm actually going to just before we wrap up the co- the podcast i do this every time is i like to ask my i'm a bit of a mad traveler and i know that you are too but i like to um just ask my guests you know what their favorite holiday destination is and why oh that that is tricky um i mm, goodness me i'd say everything from locally down here in um melbourne to you know places like phillip island or the um the beautiful um port campbell area to you know anywhere in australia i've been to lots of different places in australia i've been very lucky but um, I don't know. Do I say something like the Greek islands or? 
It's a tough question, I know. For the for the travellers that are just love travelling, it is hard. I, I get it. Yeah, tough question because there's um yeah I I find that really hard to answer because I have such good memories of such amazing places all around the world. Um, I I really do struggle with that. Maybe I'll say the Greek islands because it's a very cold and wet morning here this morning in Melbourne, and I would love to be sitting on a nice wall warm beach somewhere catching some good sun and having a nice swim so maybe i'll say the beautiful island of santorini today oh, okay. <laughs> for today <laughs> today santorini today, oh, that's nice wine and a nice swim <laughs> oh, oh, i might have to join you on that that sounds that sounds fantastic i love it i love it well look this has been lots of fun cara and certainly incredibly interesting uh, how can people find you if they're wanting to um you know learn more about genetic testing and if they're you know actually wanting to um get theirs you know they're done do you have a website or a facebook page i don't have a website as yet i do have a facebook page called max your dna so m-a-x-y-o-u-r-d-n-a so you can go over to the facebook page there and you can um, message me through there i do have an email address which is max your dna at gmail.com so m-a-x-y-o-u-r-d-n-a at gmail.com so you can um, send me a email through there and you can also just go through the smart dna um, website and you can inquire through there and just say that um, you've heard this podcast and they will send you through to me as well which um, so yeah three different ways that you can contact me and then i'll give you a a ring wherever you are in the world because we consult all around the world and we'll have a bit of a chat and talk about um, doing the testing. Yeah. Awesome. So, I'll make sure that, um, yeah, I'll put all of those links on and also to the name of that TED Talk that you mentioned as well. Um, but I'll get I'll get that afterwards and I'll make sure that yeah. I include that because that's, I think, as you said, it, you know, for, for the visuals, it's, it's a kind of mm-hmm. um, good way to get some explanation there as well. But, look, thank you so very much um, for joining me today, Kari. It really has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show to hear about your nursing story, um, you know, for someone who's been doing it for 30 years, you know, take my hat off to you. Um, and, you know, obviously all the best with, um, with what's, you know, coming up for you with um, Smart DNA. Oh, thanks, Audra. It's been a pleasure. I'm just so excited that I've, you know, come across the DNA testing to help myself and then to help others because that's what I love to do. I love helping others to better health. And, you know, once upon a time I thought that was in conventional medicine. Now I'm moving into preventative. So I think that's the way to go. And I wish everybody good health. I wish everybody all the best working their shift work. I'm so relate to everything, <laughs> probably everything. <laughs> and i love the work you do or just supporting everyone who's doing that because shift work is a part of life you know it's it's never going to not be there and so we need to you know do the best we can to keep everyone healthy that are doing the wonderful things they do in shift work so thank you for being a big part of that what you're doing is just amazing and i'm so wish it was around 30 years ago to so i could have better health now you know i i look at you know young people coming through now nurse and doctors and I think golly gosh they have such a better balance of life than than we used to do and I really am grateful for people like yourself that help get knowledge out there so people can make those decisions to to work on that those sorts of areas so thank you so much I'm loving what you're doing Mm, thanks Cara between the two of us we'll change the world hey (laughs) 
Holly, we're going to have that ripple effect, yes, yeah? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, look, that's it for today's edition of the Healthy Shift Worker podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback, and there are many ways you can do this via my Facebook page, The Healthy Shift Worker, through my website, healthyshiftworker.com, or you can visit The Wellness Couch at thewellnesscouch.com and leave a comment there. If you enjoyed the show, please feel free to share it with other shift workers who you think may benefit. And if you're listening through your computer right now, you can also leave us a five-star rating in the iTunes store, which will help me to spread the healthy shift worker message to both shift workers and shift working organizations all around the world. If you'd like access to more free resources, including my newsletter, just visit my website, healthyshiftworker.com and enter your name and email address. Thanks so much for tuning in and listening. Until next time, may you continue to be as healthy as you possibly can be, despite working 24-7. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.